The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Not everybody is as receptive to the fact that I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I totally get it because I'm extremely obnoxious. Before she came to fame through the Bachelor franchise, Rachel Lindsay studied sport management at UT Austin. She's been managing most of her fall and winter weekends since childhood around the schedule of her favorite football team, the Dallas Cowboys. A Dallas native, Rachel interned at the Texas State Capitol and also had an internship with the Milwaukee Bucks. After earning her law degree, she worked as an attorney in her hometown. She rose to national prominence with her historical casting on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. The Extra TV correspondent also co-hosted the ESPN radio show, Football Frenzy, working alongside former NFL linebacker, Bobby Carpenter, who started his pro career with, who else? The Dallas Cowboys. I'm LaChina Robinson. Those sweet, funky sounds you hear are the Budos Band. And this is Huge Fan the podcast where stars talk sports. Now, please welcome Rachel Lindsay, Dallas Cowboys' huge fan. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on Huge Fan. It's great to have you with us today. We are going to talk all about the Dallas Cowboys and some other parts of Rachel's life. But let's start with your introduction to the Dallas Cowboys. When did it happen? And tell me a little bit about your fandom. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me, LaChina. I love when I can talk about Dallas Cowboys in a safe space because not everybody is as receptive to the fact that I am a Dallas Cowboys fan and I totally get it because I'm extremely obnoxious. And I think that you have to, that's part of being a Dallas Cowboys fan. For me... I don't know when it started. As long as I can remember, I was a Cowboys fan. And I'm talking about I had the starter jacket. I had the T-shirts because I was definitely a tomboy as a kid. And I would say pretty much still in my adult life, even though you don't always see that reflected on television. So I had it. I, I was like super fan into the Cowboys. And I think, too, I grew up with all girls. And so I was a middle child in every sense of the word. And I I was more the one who was willing to sit down and watch sports with my dad. So I think I liked being a daddy's girl, that that was something that we could bond with. And so that's where the love started. But then I also hung out with a lot of guys at school. So, you know, like they talked about 
you know, sports and football. And so I did back then, too. And that's like what sparked my love. And I remember, too, I was maybe seven and I went and I waited in line for and I didn't have the most pleasant experience. So I'm going to not say the name of this person, but it didn't it didn't make my love waver at all for the Dallas Cowboys. But I waited in line forever for this Dallas Cowboy to sign their book. And they did. And I it, it didn't go as quite as planned as I wanted it to like you know as a kid you're expecting so much and they didn't give it and I probably dramatized it in my head at this point but I'll never forget like I more so say that to say my love for the team and the players and what that brand represents and means so much to me now just as much as it did when I was a kid well, first of all, thank you for starting off the conversation about being a Dallas Cowboys fan with the word obnoxious, because I do <laughs> think that, you know, you have to be willing to have some self-actualization around what that fandom looks like for America's team. Uh, I also can relate to the starter jacket era. That was that was all me. Now, I wasn't a tomboy, but I grew up in the D.C. areas and you would have the starter jacket, you know, with your kicks. I don't know if you remember that time in life where everyone was wearing like K-Swiss and Reeboks. Mm -hmm. Reebok Mm -hmm. classics were about the same age. Um, But that brings me back to an era. But the girl dad thing is also very relatable. And, um, you know, my first introduction to sports through my dad, he played basketball. He was like the neighborhood hero. But you couldn't have told me that my dad couldn't play in the NBA. I was like, listen, my dad could easily be on television right now. You know, say going toe to toe with Patrick Ewing. Um, but that's such that's so special. And I grew up in a family of all girls, too. And so when you can really like you have your dad that influences that aspect of your life, it's something that um, is very reminiscent for me as well. So that interaction with the cowboy that we won't talk about yeah. um, did not turn you away from your fandom. Now you can't name (laughs) that player. That's okay. You don't have to tell us who that was, but who were your favorite players? Like who were the first few that you really um, took to and and were, and became big fans of? Yeah. So I'm 37. So when you think about the time, the Cowboys were on top, you're talking 92, 93, 95. So I'm seven, eight. I'm very young at this point. So, of course, it's going to be the big three. Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. And, and did you have, like, posters? Like, what was the extent of your love of those players? I, you know what? I don't think I had posters. I wasn't a posters girl, but I mean, you know, I just was a super fan. I would, I, I went to book signings. I went to, you know. Obviously, at seven. At seven years old, you were at book signings. <laughs> at, at seven years old. I would watch the games with my dad. I would get really excited, you know, to watch these players and, and just how great they were. And there was just a sense of pride about them being from the community that I'm from and what they represent. And then also... You know, them being, as you said so greatly, America's team, which some people want to debate about, but it's true. And just being a kid and, you know, one, connecting, we already talked about the girl dad thing, but just connecting to your city and where you're from and you're seeing these real life heroes. I mean, they were superstars. They were unreal to me at that age, starting at seven, I guess, you know, when when they first won for me. And so what it was such a big deal, it's 
it was crazy that they were in your own backyard, that you were in such close proximity to them. And I think that's what was where that pride comes from and that greatness. Now, as we know, it's been a, an extremely long time since we felt that way. But I think that's why we're obnoxious if you grew up during that time, because that's what you're holding on to, that feeling of once was and what we could eventually be again. I mean, even there was a, a huge love for Jimmy Johnson. I still see Jimmy Johnson on TV and I'm like, that's my coach. So when you think back, you talked about community and tell me about Dallas. Like what is Dallas like as an NFL football town? Oh, well, you know, in Texas in general, you know, it's what do they say? Faith, football, family. And that's a real thing. Friday Night Lights is a real thing when it comes to football, and that's high school. You're talking, and, and you can even go back before that, Pop Warner football. Football is a thing. It is, and it is part a part of the community. It's what brings our community together. So then to see that reflected on a professional level is makes us have this love for football even more. You know, you're watching commercials, and you're seeing your Dallas Cowboys there. You're watching, whether it's a car commercial, whether it's it's a medical commercial, you're on you're listening to the radio and I'm taking it really back in, in time and you're hearing your Dallas Cowboys. They're everywhere. They are these huge figures. And so they're so and I don't know if it's like this in other cities. I can only speak to Dallas, but they were so a part of our community that I think that that's why we're probably obnoxious and super fans. They didn't just live on the football field they lived in our community and I like to think that we're one of the only teams that does that you might have one star that's a part of it but Dallas Cowboys in general are so a part of Dallas culture there are songs and raps written about the Dallas Cowboys you know like I see Tony Dorsett and I steal super fan out and because he's just such a legend you know there's just I, I Recently, a few years back, I ran into Darren Woodson and I was like, oh, my gosh, because they're a Dallas Cowboys and it's just to have that star. Even when you watch players now, they get drafted to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I can say this. We have been we have been great in 27 years, but there is something about that brand, that community, that name, that the Jerry Jones of it all that so many people want to be a part of. Because whether you're winning or losing as a community, as a Dallas community, we are going to accept you because you're playing for us and you're representing Dallas. We are proud. We are a proud city. We are a proud state. We are a proud team. Now, of course, you 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 talked about raps and songs, so I'm going to have to put you on your on the spot here. What are the the raps, the lyrics, the songs? What what are your favorites um, that may mention the Dallas Cowboys or be about the Dallas Cowboys? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is Darrow has the song, and I can't say qu quite the lyrics, but he's basically running through something like Tony Dorsett, and he says it over and over again. And I'm not gonna, I'm not. Gonna, I think we can all use our imagination there. That's the first one that 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 pops into my mind. But you know, with like I think you obviously Tony Dorsett's a running back, so you know, like there's that there's that reference there. Well, and when I hear Darrow, and I don't know what. I'm assuming he's from Dallas. He's from Dallas. Okay, because I think he's got a song that's like "Get Big," if I remember properly. Yes, and he does. Then there's another and then one, "Ice Cream Paint Job." Ice classic. Cream Paint Job is definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> so I know you you were an athlete as a kid as well, right? Mm -hmm. Swimming camps, mm -hmm. track meets. 
when you think about the impact of sport just on your life, like when you think about Rachel's life lesson, what did you learn? Um, not only, you know, from sport in yourself, but as a Cowboys fan. Oh, well, sport in general has played such a huge part of my life. Like, as you mentioned, I was always involved in something and I started running summer track when I was six years old. And that went all the way through high school until I just got completely burnt out. But the lessons that you learn from sport and the people that you meet, it's just an invaluable experience. And I think sport is one of the few things that teaches you how to lead and how to follow. And I think that's something that I'll always appreciate, uh, whether it's an individual sport or it's a team sport. You have to learn how to work together, but then you also have to learn how to, you know, step up and carry, you know, your team or, you know, whoever you're representing um, as an individual as well. And I guess when it comes to the Cowboys, you know, I saw... I don't know if I necessarily saw the following side of it, but I definitely saw the leadership. I definitely saw how important going back to community was. I saw them doing community service a lot in the community. Boys and Girls Club, I used to be, I wasn't a member of the Boys and Girls Club, but as I got older, especially in high school, I would volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club. Dallas Cowboys were always in the community with that, so I would see that sort of leadership, that sort of give back, commitment to service. Um, But yeah, I mean... I I just think that through sport, there are a lot of life lessons that you can learn, which is why when I eventually have children, I want to put them in a sport, not so they can get a scholarship and be great at it, which I hopefully that's the case too, but just because of what you learn. Um, in such, you really learn how to be a selfless individual, I feel like, in sport. It's something where you can have fun, but then also learn at the same time. Yeah. So I think that's that's why I'm such a lover of sports on and off the field. And plus, there are the dramatics of it as well. I mean, let's just be honest. There's always some big sports story happening for something off the field, which is fun to watch. And it's always applicable to life. Yeah. Right? How many losses do we take in life and we have to bounce back yeah. and then there's practice and you learn and you make changes and you move on like. Um, always giving. I played basketball and, Same, yeah. uh, you know, everything that I learned in in basketball has come back up in some form or another in life. There is a statistic that says that I think it's like more than 90 percent of the women who work in C-suite positions in Fortune 500 companies played sports. Are you serious? Up, right. Yes. Yes. I'll get that number for you, but I'm pretty sure it might even be higher than 90. That's interesting. Um, I also studied sport management. Well, I say I studied sport management. I was a sociology major, but my first career was in sport management. So I thought I wanted to be an athletics director when I was done playing. So I saw that, you know, you went to school for sport management and um, somewhere around my late 20s, I ended up having like, you know, a quarter life crisis and did a pivot and got into broadcasting, but I was always fascinated with what's happening behind the scene in sport. Like who makes these championships happen? Like who's taking care of the college student athletes on a, on a day-to-day basis? How does marketing happen? How does fundraising happen? So I thought that was a, a pretty cool aspect of, of what you've done as well. I, I love that you, I, I, I don't know why I forget that sometimes that I majored in sports management, but hearing the way that you talk about it is exactly why I switched my major from government to sports management. I was listening to someone else talk about what they were doing. 
And I was like, wow, that sounds interesting. Communication, marketing, PR, legal, business, all with a foundation of sports. I need to be a part of whatever that is. And how did I not know this existed? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This is Game Day. Let's talk about game day. What's football Sunday like in your household? Like routine, superstitions? Tell me all about what happens when you're getting ready to consume a Cowboys game? Well, I, you know, my, the, it's so interesting how it's changed. So I did NFL radio for two years. So my game day used to look totally different. It was, I needed to watch every single, I couldn't just devote my attention to the Cowboys, right? The show is about all the football games that are on and I only wanted to talk about what the Cowboys were doing. So I used to watch every single game. First, I used to go to Bristol and I used to be in the war room, as they call it, and I would watch all the games that were on before we actually did our afternoon to evening radio show. Then I did night, um, a late night show, and so I would watch them from home, and I'd watch the, um, the Sunday ticket. Now, when I'm actually home on Sundays, which I'm getting, I'm getting a warm feeling inside that football season is among, like right around the corner, it's among us. Um, I watch Brian. So I'm very fortunate. And this was um, a deal breaker for me. I got to marry somebody who is into sports as much as I am, particularly football. So I knew Brian before we got together was a super fan. So he is into it as much as I am. So my game day is we wake up early because now we're on the West Coast and we love that the games start at 10 a.m. But I actually start before that. I like to watch pre-shows. So I'll either watch the show that um, is on NFL Network and I'll go back and forth and watch ESPN. I like to get a little bit of both. I just love to hear the predictions. I love to hear the injury report. Not that I want anybody to be injured, but just like know who's doing the injury report. Um, this is the first year I'm not playing fantasy football, so that's usually a part of of it as well so I'm gonna watch it in a different way because I'm not playing fantasy I just don't have the time to do it I know I just don't have the time and I mean this is the first year in probably like 13 years that I'm not doing it but I, I don't I don't have the time but I'm still going to enjoy the game so then after that we do Sunday NFL ticket 
I'm Cowboys, my husband's Dolphins, so we definitely play, pay more attention to those games. I'm eating Wingstop because that is my game day meal, and I am having a drink. Flats. I'm a I'm a flat I'm a flats girl. I all flats. Lemon pepper Wingstop. That is not a plug, but you know it can be, and I. And that's what we do. We sit and we watch it. And usually it's just the two of us. Sometimes we'll have people over, but I we take it seriously. So I don't need to be distracted. If the Cowboys and Dolphins are playing at the same time, separate rooms. Separate rooms. <laughs> it is a real thing. I, I need to focus on my team. You focus on your team. <laughs> and, you know, in some conversations we've had with people on this very podcast, they like to be alone watching their games. To your point, it's like, I'm intense about this. If you're going to be talking about random things while this game is happening, you should do that at your own house because we are locked in mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine. Some people would consume sport as just, you know, entertainment. It's on in the background. That's fine. But yeah. for those of us that are like diehard sports fans, our team is on. It's like, be quiet. Yes. You know, the game is winding down. This is an important play. I need you to lock in on this. And if not, I'm just going to be in the room by myself, yes. which I don't know if that's as much fun, but it is what it is, right? No, I completely agree. And and Brian, my husband, is mean when he watches. He gets mad at the TV. He's yelling. He's pacing. He's got his group... Um, um, text messages, they call it the thread going on. And honestly, I don't want to be bothered with that. I'm actually a happier watcher. I'll get frustrated. I'll get upset. But I am not as intense as he is. So yeah, there, that's why there's there's a bit of a separation there. But we're definitely involved. What about in arena? Like when you're at the football games? Like what has maybe been your best in-stadium experience? Where were you sitting? Like any any memories from that end? At a Cowboys game, no. But not that I haven't been, but I'll be honest with you, I don't like to go to Cowboys games. I'm not, because I'm easily distracted, so I'm enjoying the moment and the scene and the good time more than I am in the game, and I don't like that. And I do have this superstition that when I go to games, they lose. They usually lose when I go to the games. Now, I'm all the way in L.A. now, so that's not necessarily an issue. But when I would go to home games, I always felt like they would lose. So that's probably also in the back of my mind, too. But I don't have, like, I definitely wasn't at a game for a Super Bowl experience or, and it's been a long time with the playoffs. So so it's usually just a game. So, no, I don't have, like, a crazy in-game experience. Yes, but hopeful for the future. And speaking of yes. the current team, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth on whether or not Dak Prescott is the right guy to lead the Cowboys to a title. What is your stance on Dak? Like, is he the guy? Are you concerned about his health? Give me your analysis on on that. Yeah, with Dak, I mean, listen, I was rooting for Dak to get the contract. I wanted to see him win in that regard. I feel like he deserves it. He's been very loyal, faithful, and worked hard to be in the position that he is to lead the team. And I like to see a black quarterback. I'm just going to be very honest, especially when it comes to Dallas Cowboys, because we don't see that often. And it's been, I mean, two, three. So I'm, I'm for that. But I guess... I'm for Dak. I'm not going to, that's all, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything against it or question whether or not he can lead the team because at this point we have paid him. So all our, like all bets are on Dak. Yes, we've seen him get hurt in the past, but 
when it comes to questioning whether or not he can lead this team, I absolutely feel like he can do it. But you got to put him in a position to be able to make a play. You've got to beef up that O-line. And it's disheartening now that we just lost our left tackle. And that's a whole nother conversation. But if you can't just solely put it, and I think too often we always blame it on the quarterback because that's who we see as leading the team in the face of the team. But you have to put him in a place where he can succeed. And that's giving him the weapons that he needs. It can't just be all offense. Defense has to step up too. But you also have to protect Dak. And so I'm always rooting for him, and I'm, I'm wishing him success because I can only imagine mentally how much this weighs on him with the high expectations that people have. And then not to take it a whole different way, but then I just feel like those expectations are even greater when it comes to being a black man. And so in Dallas, Texas, Texas in the NFL and in Dallas, Texas. So I'm I'm absolutely rooting for Dak. I do think that he's the right guy. And honestly, guys, who who else are we going to put up? Who next? We've already paid him, so we need to support him. And um and I'm rooting for him. I'm I'm his number one fan right now. I will always be a Dak fan because he supported his Mississippi State women's basketball like no other when they were making their run to the Final Four. Like this guy was screaming and acting a fool, was cheering. Like, every time I, I saw him, it was usually in, in that arena because I don't I don't cover football. And he was just the nicest guy. I still have a picture with him from the year that they went to the Final Four. And I think that, that Final Four was actually in Texas. And um, yeah, so I'll always be a Dak fan. All right, so we're going to uh, finish up in a moment with some crunch time questions about your Cowboys. But first, let's talk about some other things happening with you. You recently interviewed a fellow Cowboy fan and Jamie Foxx for Extra TV. Um, which sport icon would you like to interview if you had an opportunity? And this could be dead, alive, anyone, everyone's on the table. Oh, my, who would I want to interview? This is a great question. I've never been asked this question. I would want to interview, I'm going to go with alive. And I, and I think I'd want that person to be my favorite. And that's Randy Moss. Who I couldn't even form a word around when I saw him working at ESPN when I was there. I saw him walking down the hall and I walked the other way. And I and that never happens to me, but I just was such a fan of him. He was almost a Dallas Cowboy. We passed on him. Um, we did not drown him. That's all it's a sore subject. Uh, but I I would want to sit down and talk to to Randy Moss for sure. So you went the other way when you had an opportunity to meet him? You just... The first time I, okay. I saw him and I walked the other way. And then a friend introduced me. He was like, she's really nervous to say it. And I was just like, hello, hello, how's it? And he was like, oh, no, don't be like that. And I, I, I couldn't talk. And I, that's very rare that that happens for me. But I, I would like to redeem myself. And I would like to do that in, in the interview form. Randy Moss. That's who I'd want to talk to. <laughs> we will put that out there for your interview. He is he is super insightful. Like I was not ready. You know, we're kind of um, I think with athletes, we get so obsessed as we should with their athletic performance and what they do on the field. And we don't often get that insight into their minds. Like, what are they thinking? How do they see the game? And the first time I listened to him break down the game, I was like, whoa, this man is a mm -hmm. genius. Like, I'm oh God, I can just realize how much football I'm actually consuming. Um, <laughs> yes, he is. He is so sharp and, and just speaks the game in, in such a concise and 
you know, to the point, very honest way. Um, so I know that would be a great interview. That that would be my fan interview. But then outside of that, I, I would I would want to talk to Serena Williams. So also, you recently covered the VMAs, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and you'll be covering the Emmys red carpet soon. What's the yes. number one rule of covering a red carpet? Go with the flow, because there is no, like, there is no how to. You cannot say this is how you're going to do it. It is unpredictable. You don't know who you're going to get, who's going to show up. You can be talking to one person. You could turn around, and then another person is right there, and you just have to be ready. So you, ha I would say go with the flow. I remember my first red carpet. Um, it was t a Tyler, Tyler Perry opening up his studios in Atlanta, and I wore, I did not have flats, so I was in five-inch heels the entire time. I was in a sequined dress. I was, I was not prepared for it in any way, and I even felt like I underestimated what this carpet was going to be and who I was talking to. My goodness, I interviewed Oprah on my first red carpet. What? Oprah, Spike Lee, Halle Berry. You know, this was all for extra. It was like, like and it was, I'm, I'm sure it was a test, and I, I'm assuming I passed because here I am today, you know, talking about, you know, starting the 29th season, my third season season with extra but um yeah you gotta go with the flow it's never going to go how you think it is in an exciting way with that being said could you be a football sideline reporter could do you think no. that's a job you could do okay because you got to be on your toes for that too I can say a quick no you know why because I'm too much of a fan I don't think and I had this problem when I was doing radio when we would watch games live um and because we were waiting for someone to do the interview I would scream out. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, he just caught it. And I'm not supposed to do that. I'm, so I don't think I can be objective. And I think that I would be too caught up in the moment. Give me something else to do. Give me, I may be a sideline reporter for something else. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to Crunch Time. We're going to ask just a few Crunch Time questions, and this is kind of like our rapid fire session to finish up. So I just need quick first response that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Your most prized Cowboys memorabilia. Oh, I would say a picture that I have with uh, Michael Irvin. And my and my husband's in it too. Wait, I know you said quick. My husband's in it too, but because he's got the Miami connection and I've got and the Dallas, it's like perfect. Like we're both super fans. You can spike the ball in the face of one Cowboys rival player. Who would it be? Oh my gosh, who would I do it? Who would I do it in front of? 
any anybody on the Washington Commanders, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, or in um, who's the other person off the top of my head? Why can I? Oh, New York Giants. I'm like, who else is in the NFC? Anybody on the defense of the of any of those NFC East teams? Who would you rather have in the backfield, Emmitt Smith or Ezekiel Elliott? Emmitt Smith. Which wide receiver would you rather have with the game on the line? Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, or Terrell Owens? Ooh, that is a tough question. I'm going to go with Michael Irvin. Finally, one word to describe your Cowboys fandom. Loyal. Come on now. Loyal. Look at us. 27 years. Loyal. And what do we all say as Cowboys fans? This is our year. Every year is our year. We'll be watching, Rachel. Thank you so much for <laughs> taking some time to talk with us. You are so dope. I've listened to your podcast. Love it. Thank you. Um, yes, yes. Very entertaining. Well, a good friend of mine put put me on to it with Van, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah with Van. Yeah. With Van. Thank you so much. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and thank you for your time. I'm so glad we could make this happen. It's so great to talk to you. You can find Huge Fan on Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share so other Huge Fans can find us. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. That'll do it for this round of Huge Fan, the podcast where stars talk sports. I'm LaChina Robinson. Until next time, keep rooting your guts out. Go Budos Band! The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.